Hey there, and welcome to the Brave Marriage Podcast. I'm Kinsey Dzinski, a licensed marriage and family therapist and certified professional coach. And this is a podcast for couples who want to grow as individuals, do marriage with intention, and live mutually empowered, purposeful lives. And right now, doing those things might look different than what you'd expect. Personal growth may look like practicing self-care or learning to persevere. Doing marriage with intention might look like cutting each other some slack and trying to plan for peace. And living purposeful lives might look like simply trying to keep your family and others well and safe. What I want to talk to you about today is something you're probably already feeling. It's something I'm feeling, my husband is feeling, and nearly all of my clients have expressed as well. Here are some of the conversations I've had recently. I'm tired. Are you tired? I don't understand why I feel exhausted. I haven't done anything out of the ordinary. I'm so overwhelmed. I'm really stressed and worried about this fall. They kept saying things would go back to normal by August, and now it's almost August, and I don't know what to do with that. I'm so worried and stressed right now, and my partner just doesn't get it. I work for so-and-so, and I haven't heard from my bosses how they plan to move forward. And just so you know, I've heard many of these phrases more than once from people in different parts of the country. But for some reason, this week, these concerns, stressors, and admissions of exhaustion seem to really have culminated. So I wanted to spend today's episode talking to you about some of the reasons why this is so. But more than that, I want to meet you where you are and tell you, you are not alone. You are not the only one feeling stressed and tired. There are multiple psychological processes at play right now, which are creating this nearly universal experience of stress. The first is called stress exhaustion. Stress exhaustion occurs when we have a prolonged stress response, where our sympathetic nervous system, which controls our fight, flight, or freeze response, is overactive, while our parasympathetic nervous system, which is responsible for things like sleep and digestion, gets hijacked by our stress response. Dr. Melinda Ring of Northwestern's College of Medicine explains it this way. In the presence of a physical or psychological threat, our cortisol levels surge to provide the energy and fuel necessary to be able to cope. This stress-induced increase in cortisol secretion is adaptive in the short term. Think of needing to cram for an exam or running away from a vicious animal. The problem is when we send repeated and prolonged signals to our body that we are in distress. Over the long term, excessive or prolonged cortisol secretion may have destructive effects, both physically and psychologically. Our current situation in the COVID-19 era, in which the world is dealing with uncertainties and fears with an unclear end in sight, is a setup for cortisol dysregulation. Therefore, a balance between sympathetic activity and parasympathetic activity is critical to our long-term physical and psychological health. What Ring is alluding to is that basically our brains and bodies are experiencing a form of burnout, which makes it understandable then that our mental faculties would be compromised right about the time that many of us expected the world to get back to normal. We hoped that by fall things would be better. This gave us an end in sight, you know, an illusion of control to help us keep going and work toward solutions. But over the long term, stress exhaustion plus information overload leads to difficulty making decisions, especially making decisions and trying to solve problems for which there's no rule book, no policies or procedures or systems already in place, 
just people doing the best they can to think clearly and make decisions for a future that's much more difficult to project than it used to be. Professor of neuropsychology Eric Zilmer recently said this, We've never been through anything like this. Almost all of America is being confronted with an ambiguous, complex, problem-solving situation. So this physiological experience is a top-down, bottom-up, universal response to an ever-changing reality. The next two psychological principles at play for us are cognitive overload and cognitive dissonance. Cognitive overload occurs when there are too many inputs or too much information for our brain's working memories to process and make use of. Think of all the information you take in throughout the day, from your newsfeed to your social media feed, from local to global coverage. When we take in more information than our brains can process at one time, it leads to mental fog, frustration, and compromised decision-making. This is made worse by cognitive dissonance, which is the experience of reading or seeing one thing, but experiencing another, such as reading about how bad the virus is, but experiencing a different reality in your own town or state. But cognitive dissonance can also occur when, because of everything going on in our world right now, we find our attitudes, beliefs, and behaviors in conflict with each other. So when there's more information available to us than our brains can handle, and some of that intake of information forces us to confront ourselves, our own attitudes, values, and beliefs, and then to make choices about how we're living day to day because unlike any other time in our lives, we can't escape how our actual choices, influenced by the way we think, have consequences for ourselves and others. Talk about overwhelming. Which leads me to the last psychological phenomenon I want to talk to you about today, which is what's called caution fatigue. Northwestern University professor Jacqueline Golan defines caution fatigue as a phenomenon in which we become desensitized to warnings or experience mental or physical fatigue due to observing safety precautions. And this makes sense to me that because our brains and bodies can only handle so much, that at some point or another, amidst such prolonged stress, that we would be susceptible to succumbing to the path of least resistance. As I read about this concept, I was reminded of Gretchen Rubin's work, actually, on choices and habit formation. In her work, she talks about the fact that as human beings, we only have so much mental energy to expend during a day before our brain's functions need a reset, usually restored through sleep. And through her research, she found that those who'd turned many of their daily decisions into habits requiring no thought or conscious process, reported feeling happier overall and better able to make good decisions by the end of the day compared to those with no daily habits, who by the end of the day were choosing the path of least resistance, as in eating or drinking when they didn't want to, as a small example. I think this can help us understand then how tiring it is and how energy zapping it is to have to make conscious decisions from sunup to sundown that we wouldn't otherwise. From remembering a mask when you leave home, to putting it on in public, to using hand sanitizer after everyday normal errands. Hopefully, you're beginning to make better sense of why you feel the way you do. So, now, what can you do about it? I know it's hard when it feels like psychological and relational resources are low, but it's so important if we want to move through this thing as healthily as we can to take good care of ourselves and others. 
I mean, if we have to be conscious about every decision right now anyway, we might as well choose well for ourselves and others, right? So first, in order to combat stress exhaustion, don't underestimate the power of sleep, healthy eating, and exercise. If you can grab a nap midday, there's no shame in doing that right now, in addition to getting as many hours of sleep a night as you can. For those of you who have trouble sleeping for one reason or another, please learn to engage in a mindfulness, gratitude, or mind-body practice, even if you're just taking five minutes a day, because these practices offer the next best rewards in terms of calming and recalibrating your nervous system. We've talked about this before, but you can download a number of free Christian meditation and mindfulness apps, so be sure to check those out. In terms of healthy eating and exercise, the path of least resistance is often sugar and sedentariness. But moving our bodies creates energy, energy we desperately need right now. And eating healthy fuels our bodies and our brains too. Second, to combat cognitive overload, Set boundaries around your media consumption and how much you're inputting at any given time. Your boundary may look like going for a run after reading the news or taking a technology or a smartphone Sabbath at the end of the week, as several of my clients have found beneficial right now. Third, when it comes to cognitive dissonance, this one is counterintuitive because the solution is not to revert back to closed-minded or foreclosed thinking discarding differing thoughts and opinions in service of our own comfort. The solution is to be patient with the process of learning different viewpoints, learning from different people, and with living in ambiguity or in the tension of both and. Because here's the deal. Eventually, cognitive dissonance sorts itself out as we accommodate and assimilate new information and ideas with the old, which only ever helps us make wiser, more resolved, more personal decisions when it comes to the way that we want to live our lives and operate in the world. And by the way, meditation and mindfulness practices can help us develop a greater tolerance for this because these practices help retrain our nervous systems over time. We learn to stay calm and present in the face of new or conflicting information. Our fight-flight-or-freeze response system begins to learn to react only in truly life-threatening situations, not in response to every new situation or stimuli. And fourth, to combat caution fatigue, try to make as many decisions as you can in advance and then stick to them. Evan and I did this at the beginning of the summer as we had to decide, are we or are we not going to this wedding, on this vacation, to this friend's house? or back to work in office. And having made these decisions in advance took so much stress off our plates than if we were to have addressed these decisions on a case-by-case basis as they came. Even in the event that circumstances changed, we decided up front what our guidelines would be that would cause us to make a different decision than we had. So what about you? What basic aspects of healthy functioning and self-care do you need to reprioritize? And what boundaries need to be set around incoming information or upcoming events? And who is it in your life that could use a word of encouragement or a little bit of education through this podcast that may be helpful to them? Finally, I want to leave you with some truth and encouragement today. I've been reading through the Psalms lately, and David's songs, poems, and praises to God have been so soothing to my soul. 
Yes, he often cries out to God in distress, but number one, I found that rather fitting and reflective of my heart's cry as of late. And number two, he always returns to God's goodness, to his sovereignty and power and majesty, to his faithfulness, mercy, and love. So in case you've forgotten or haven't taken the time lately to reflect on the God of the universe, the same God who loves you so intimately as to know every last hair on your head, the God who's forgiven your sins and shortcomings and loves you and wants to be near you, I hope you'll hear these words from Psalm 23 and let them sink in as the meditation of your heart and reverberate to God as your prayer today. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely, goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I'll be back next week with some Q&As. Talk soon. Bye-bye. Just as fragile as it is.